0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. blessing it is to be here tonight. We're going to be in the book of Philippians tonight, Philippians chapter number four. Philippians chapter number four. Appreciate you guys letting me do this. It's such a blessing to be able to preach here. At Oak Point Baptist, and it's even better seeing all the work that uh, has been done in the church. It's just a blessing. We're going to read one verse to start off. Philippians chapter four, verse four. Philippians chapter four, verse four. The Bible says, "Rejoice." Rejoice. <laughs> Philippians chapter four. I'm nervous. My dad's here. <laughs> Philippians chapter four, verse four. The Bible says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say. Rejoice! Let's pray, dearly Father, Lord. Thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for um, just your love for me, Lord, and just uh, just bringing me here today, Lord. Thank you so much for saving my soul and uh, just um, all the blessings that I've experienced in your life, Lord, and in my life, Lord. Thank you so much for that personal relationship that I have with you. I ask that you just open up our hearts for the message here tonight, Lord. Open up my heart. Speak through me, Lord, and just take away every ounce of selfishness, every ounce of me whatsoever in this message. And just help me preach, thus saith the Lord. I love you so much. We, I praise your name, Lord. And we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, rejoice. Man, I did that again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. You see, joy and rejoicing is the theme found throughout the epistle. Throughout the book of Philippians, we see the word joy and rejoicing throughout it. It's the theme of why Paul wrote this letter. Christian joy is actually mentioned 18 times in this short letter. Only four chapters mentioned 18 different times. And the reason being is joy is vital to the Christian life. It's a gift from God, right? When you called upon the name of the Lord, when you trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you were given the fruit of the Spirit. You were given love, joy, and peace. And in the fruit of the Spirit, joy is the second one mentioned on the list, just telling us how vital it is. You see, joy is important to the Christian life. You see, joy is the proof that what we have is real and that it satisfies. That's why it's so vital. You see, a lot of Christians, you know, we've got the fruit of the spirits. We are saved. We've got the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but we don't have that joy. We don't have that peace, and people don't recognize that. That's why joy is vital to the Christian life. You see, if we have joy, people can recognize that there's something different about us. They can recognize that what we have is true. I like what one person said. He said, joy is the flag which is flown from the castle of the hearts when the king is in residence. Amen. Amen. When the king is in residence, joy is crucial to the Christian life. And that's why Paul is talking about this in the book of Philippians. And he does it in a really awesome way. You see, joy is found throughout the epistle and he tells us how to find this joy, how Christians can find the joy of the Lord. You see, in the first three chapters, he tells us that, and he breaks it down chapter by chapter. In Philippians chapter 1, he tells us that joy comes from a single mind. Joy comes from a single mind. You see, Paul had one goal in mind throughout his life, and that was to magnify Jesus Christ. His one purpose, his one goal was to bring glory to God. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, he says... Um, For me to die is Christ. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You see, joy comes from a single mind. That was Paul's goal, to magnify Jesus Christ. Then in Philippians chapter 2, he tells us that joy comes from a submissive mind. Now that's referring to surrendering to the Lord, surrendering to Jesus Christ and surrendering to his will. His will be done, not your own. Presenting your body a sacrifice. That's what he's referring to there. And he's telling us in Philippians chapter 2 that joy comes from a submissive mind, a servant's mind. And he tells us that we do this by having a mind just like Jesus Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking upon him the form of a servant." You see, Jesus Christ, he was the son of God, but he came on this earth as a servant. He was submissive. The Lord's will be done. And Paul tells us in chapter 2 of Philippians that joy comes from a submissive mind, surrendering to the Lord. So we see joy comes from a single mind, a submissive mind. And then in chapter 3, Paul tells us that joy comes from a spiritual mind as well. That's referring to us having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, dedicating our entire life to serving the Lord and growing in that personal relationship with him. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And the Bible refers to that as that personal relationship. And in chapter three of the book of Philippians, Paul tells us that his number one goal was to magnify Jesus Christ, but his number one effort was that he may know him. And that's referring to Jesus Christ, that I may know him. Paul said, you see, he wanted us to build that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And in Philippians chapter 1 all the way to Philippians chapter 3, he tells us how we can find joy. Joy comes from glorifying the Lord. Joy comes from surrendering our will to his and submitting to his ways. Having our mind just like Jesus Christ. And joy comes from walking in the spirits and growing in our personal relationship with him. Reading the Bible, praying, coming to church. All of those things is how we can find joy. And Paul tells us that in these first three chapters. And that's kind of an encouraging thought if you think about it, right? The Christian can have a joyful life. The Christian can get joy and find joy by doing these things. But if you've been coming to church for any moments in your life, a Bible-believing church, chances are you already knew that. Right? If I were to ask my kids in uh, church, the youth, how can we get joy? They would say reading the Bible, praying, praying. Going to church. Kind of the same things that Paul is breaking down here in the first three chapters. You see, we all know that. We know how to find joy. You see, for us as believers, for us as Christians, the problem for us is not finding joy. Because if you've been saved for any length of time, chances are you found that joy once or twice in your life. You see, the problem that we have is keeping that joy for the long haul. You see, I don't know about you, but that's something that I have, and that's something that I struggle with. I'm a roller coaster Christian, as it's called. When things are going good in my life, man, I'm happy. I'm joyful. I've got the joy of the Lord. But then when things start going bad, I start getting down. I get depressed. I get sad. But then when things start going good, I get joyful again. But that's not the way we're supposed to live. That's not the way we're supposed to live in our life. So our problem as Christians is not finding that joy. It's keeping the joy for the long haul. And you can say, Michael, how do I do that? I know how to find the joy, but how do I keep it for the long haul? You're saying that, but how do I obtain that and walk in the joy of the Lord throughout my Christian life? Well, Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. You see, in Philippians chapter 1 all the way to Philippians chapter 3, we see that joy comes from a single mind. Joy comes from a submissive mind. And joy comes from a spiritual mind. But then in Philippians chapter 4, he tells us that joy continues through a secure mind. You see, to continue having joy in your life, you need to keep your mind secure. If you want to have joy for the long haul... In the Christian life, you need to keep your mind secure. Now, how do we do that? To keep our mind secure, there are two things we need to understand about joy. And Paul tells us that in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. So the first thing that we need to understand about joy is the doctrine of joy. Notice what he says to start off in verse 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You see, the experience of Christian joy is based upon sound doctrine. You see, right there we see that joy is an inside job. The Bible doesn't tell us to rejoice in circumstances. The Bible tells us to rejoice in the Lord. You see, rejoicing in the Lord is referring to the truth of God and who we are in Jesus Christ. It's referring to the promises of God and what this Bible says. You see, joy is not based on what is going on around the believer, but something which is going on from within. Yes. It's referring to the promises of God, who we are in Jesus Christ. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, the Bible says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. You see, when we read the Bible, when we know what the Bible says, when we're grounded in the word of God, we can find the joy Of the Lord, we can find joy in the promises of God, and therefore we can keep our minds secure. Regardless of the circumstances, if you read this book and you're saved, there are three things that every single Christian can rejoice about, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of the trials in your life or situations in the world. Three different things. We have the joy of the Lord in our hearts. Number one, notice the joy of justification. You see, we've got the joy of justification if you've called upon the name of the Lord and trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now, justification means we were once lost. We were once sinners in need of a Savior. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sins and come short of the glory of God. That's what every person is. They fall, we fall short of the glory of God. But... When we called upon the name of the Lord and put our trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we became forgiven. We accepted Christ's righteousness in, um, in exchange for our sin, and in that moment we became We became a son of God. We became a part of the royal family of God. You see, we are saved. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've got the joy of justification. There is no longer condemnation whatsoever. You are saved, and you can live a righteous life for the Lord. There is nothing that you can do to lose your salvation. No charge can condemn you. No court can condemn you. No matter what happens in your life, if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you cannot lose that. That's the joy of justification. You see, the Bible tells us that we're not supposed to rejoice about the things of this world anyway. We're not supposed to rejoice about um, what we're doing or the things that we're doing, the the family that we live in or the things in this world whatsoever, but we're, we're we're to rejoice in the Lord. We're to rejoice that we're on our way to heaven. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10 verse 20, Rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you called upon the name of the Lord, there is no condemnation. You are not going to hell. You are saved by the grace of God and saved for eternity. I'm so thankful. That day when I called upon the name of the Lord, I became forgiven and there's nothing I can do to lose that. That's the joy of of justification. There is nothing I can do to lose my salvation. That's something to rejoice about no matter what happens in this world. The joy of justification we can rejoice about. Number 2, though, we also have the joy of sanctification as well. You see, not only are we saved by the grace of God, not only are we justified in being able to live a righteous life for the Lord, but now because we've trusted in Jesus Christ, we now have the ability to say no to sin and say no to temptations. We have the ability to turn off the old man. You see, when you called upon the name of the Lord and trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you now. You're a new creature, the Bible says. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You've got Jesus Christ living inside of you, and now you have the ability to say no to sin in this world. You are victorious in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through his love. We've got the victory in Jesus. That's what sanctification is. We can rejoice in that fact. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, that's the joy of sanctification. There is nothing that we, there is nothing that Satan can do to harm us Without the Lord allowing it. Yeah. We can live a righteous life for the Lord. We can say no to sin. Say no to the wild of the devil. We can quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Because we've got Jesus Christ living inside of us. That's what we have in Christ Jesus. That's the joy of justification. That's the joy of sanctification. And then number three. We've got the joy of glorification as well. You see one day. We will be like him. We will have a glorified body. We are going to spend eternity with our heavenly father in heaven. Amen. We're going to be able to be just like Jesus Christ changed into his image. You see, in this world, things get tough. It gets down. It's hard. It's difficult, right? Man, we get cricks in our neck and it's just not a good, not a good situation. But one day we're going to have a heavenly body. Amen. One day we are going to be just like Jesus Christ. And we're going to be just like him. Think like him. Walk like him. Talk like him. And be able to live this righteous life of the Lord. And hey, praise God. That old nature will be gone. Amen. Amen. That old nature will be dead for eternity. So all these bad thoughts that I got. All these things that make me want to give in to sin or give in to the wiles of the devil, give in to the things of this world, that will all be gone and I'll only think right and I'll only want to serve the Lord. That's the glorification that we have. And praise God, we're going to spend eternity in heaven. You see, if you called upon the name of the Lord and put your trust in Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, the Bible says that we've got a mansion in heaven. But you see, the only way you can get that is by putting your trust in Jesus Christ and him, him alone. The Bible says in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, Jesus Christ is the way, the only way. But if you put your trust in that, you've got three joys to rejoice about. The joy of justification, the joy of sanctification, and the joy of glorification. That's the doctrine of joy. If you're a Christian, you need to know this book and know what it says so you can rejoice. Amen. It's who we are in Christ. So first off, to understand joy and to keep our minds secure, we needed to understand the doctrine of joy. Number two, though, Paul mentions the discipline of joy as well. He says, rejoice, man. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Not just once. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. You see right here we see the call of discipline. Discipline to joy in two respects. Number one, notice the maintenance of joy. He says rejoice in the Lord always. We are to rejoice in every situation and in every circumstance. No matter what. That's the maintenance of joy. No matter what is stacked against you, no matter how stressed out you are, how bad things are looking in your eyes, we are to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. That's the maintenance. You see, it takes maintenance to keep the joy of the Lord. I asked the youth what they thought maintenance meant. And I I like their definition a little bit better than um, the actual definition. But uh, what they came up with was keeping up with things that need to be done. I like that. Keeping up with things that need to be done. You see, rejoicing in the Lord is a necessity. To live a righteous life for the Lord, to have joy, to have peace, to have the truth of God in your life, you need to rejoice. You need to praise the Lord. You need to worship him. Rejoice in the Lord. You see, to rejoice in the Lord is not a matter of feeling, but obedience. The Bible gives the commandment. Approximately 250 times the Bible gives the commandment to praise the Lord. I like what First Thessalonians 5, verse 16 says. He says, rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. You see, we're always to rejoice. We're always to rejoice in what God has in store for us and how great God is. Not in what our circumstances are, but how big our God is, how mighty our God is, and how powerful he is. We're to rejoice in him. That's going to help us walk the way of joy. Twelve times the literal phrase rejoice in the Lord is mentioned in the Bible. Twelve different times. You see, we need to rejoice. We need to say hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God. It's good. It helps us think about how big God is. You see, there are times in your life where, man, you don't feel like praising the Lord. You don't feel like rejoicing in what God has done for you. You're just mad and you want to stay mad. You want to be that roller coaster Christian. But when we read this Bible and read what it says, we see that commandment and you start rejoicing in the Lord and praising the Lord, even though you don't want to, pretty soon, you're going to start to want to. Amen. The more you rejoice in the Lord and the more you praise his name, the more you're going to realize just how big, just how mighty, and just how awesome God is. That's why we need to rejoice in the Lord. And you can say, Michael, you don't understand what I'm going through right now. I'm going through trial after trial after trial. I can't talk to you about it, but it is awful. It is difficult. It is so terrible. And there is nothing I can do. I can't even muster out the courage to praise the Lord because I can't get through this situation. Maybe after this situation, I'll praise the Lord. But right now, I can't do it. It's too tough. It's too terrible. But let me tell you something here. You will not get through the trial you are going through without joy. Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Yes. Do you want strength through the trial you're going through? Strength through the, the circumstances, no matter how terrible it is. The only way you're going to get through it is with joy. And we get that by rejoicing. You see, God has given us peace to get through the storm... But it takes rejoicing. In an atmosphere of rejoicing in the Lord, all discord dies. Distressing thoughts are overcome by thoughts of the Lord and his love, goodness, wisdom, power, and care. The Lord is too wise to make any mistakes, too loving to be unkind, too peaceful to be thwarted, and too involved in all that concerns us to be aloof. Yeah. You see, how can we think of the Lord and not rejoice? He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's our father in heaven. He's our heavenly father who loves us with an everlasting love. He loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for us. Amen. He says, not only am I going to save you, not only am I going to um, save you and let you go to heaven with me, but I'm going to be with you on this earth and give you the ability, give you the power to live a righteous life for me. Wait, not only that, but I'm going to let you have a glorified body in heaven. Wait, not only that, but you're going to have a mansion in heaven as well that's how much God loves us when you start to think about that when you start to realize that the Bible says all things work together for good to those that love God and to those that are called according to his purpose once you realize that and really process it and rejoice about that fact man you're going to get over the circumstance get over the trial that you're going through you're going to have joy that's the maintenance of joy rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice And if we do that, we'll see the manifestation of joy. Number two. You see, joy is the element of Christian experience which sings, shines, and sparkles. Now, the Apostle Paul was a perfect example of manifesting Christian joy. Seven times he writes of personal joy in this epistle. Seven different times he writes about him having this joy. In one of the chapters, he says that his, ch- his joy is full. His joy is full and it's overflowing. You see, Paul had joy. Paul had true joy. But we need to remember, where was Paul when he wrote this letter? Paul wrote this letter in prison. As he's writing this, he's chained to a Roman guard night and day. Does not have a single moment of privacy. And he is going to appear before Caesar soon. But in spite of all that was stacked against him, he had joy. In spite of all that he was going through, he's telling the church of Philippi, Man, can you just have the same joy that I have? I I wish I could give you this joy and give you this peace. But his circumstances were awful. They were terrible. Regardless of what might happen, he counted it all joy to suffer for Christ's sake. He had the joy of the Lord no matter what. Now, how did Paul have joy in the midst of this? How did Paul get through everything that he went through, getting beaten and just persecuted, going through trial after trial after trial? How did he get through it all? Paul rejoiced. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. You see, Paul knew that the praising man prevails Paul was rejoicing. And praising the Lord in prison. And now understand this now. He's writing this to the church at Philippi. Alright so Paul is writing this to the church at Philippi. He's saying joy. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in joy. Over and over and over again. He's writing this to the church at Philippi. And they know that he's in prison. Rejoicing and praising the Lord. You see Paul rejoicing. And praising the Lord in prison. Was all too familiar to the people at Philippi, We read in the book of Acts that 10 years beforehand, Paul was in the city of Philippi once again. And while he was in this city, he was arrested and thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. Right. He was beaten. He was terribly wounded, him and his buddy Silas. And the Bible says that in the midst of all of that, at midnight, he lifted up his hands, he lifted up his voice, and he praised the Lord. He sang songs and he rejoiced in his God. And because he did that at midnight, we read that over in Acts chapter 16. I encourage you to check it out. A Revival broke out in the city of Philippi. They were loosed of their bonds. And literally the biggest revival that one of the biggest revivals that the Bible has seen showed up in Philippi. And that is how the church of Philippi was founded. Literally, the church was founded because 10 years beforehand, Paul rejoiced and praised the Lord while he was in prison. Wow. Paul rejoiced in what God is. Not in his circumstances, not in what he was going through, but he rejoiced in his God. And he knew that God would work it out. Because Paul rejoiced, God moved in a mighty way. Amen. And the church of Philippi, they knew that. You see, sometimes we got to go back to our roots. That church of Philippi, it was founded on joy and founded on rejoicing. But Paul is still giving them the commandment to praise the Lord and to rejoice. You might be coming to church here for years. You might have been um, praising the Lord and thankful for your salvation, thankful for how great your God is when you first started to come to church. But maybe as you've come to church, it's become a routine or of a habit, and you forgot the joy of the Lord. You forgot the joy of salvation. You're not alone. The same thing probably happened with the church at Philippi. Paul had to remind them what happens. And Paul had to remind them to rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Paul knew what rejoicing meant. Paul knew the outcome of rejoicing. Because Paul rejoiced, God moved in a mighty way. Because Paul rejoiced, he had joy. But understand this now. Paul went through so much during this time, prison after prison after prison, terrible beatings over and over and over again, terrible places to live. Things were stacked against Paul, but he got through it all by rejoicing. But we need to remember, if he did not have that, this would be a completely different story. Without the joy of the Lord, Paul could not have made it. But Paul knew that the joy of the Lord was his strength. Going back to Nehemiah 8.10. And so he rejoiced in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Paul found everything he needed in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You see, the Lord satisfies the mind with truth. He satisfies the hearts with love. And he satisfies the will with liberty. We need to remember where our strength lies. When times are tough and it seems like we can't go on, we need to remember where our strength comes from. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So when things get tough in your life, When you go through trials and, man, you are just a roller coaster Christian just like I am and you're stressed and overwhelmed with work and you just can't feel like you can go on anymore. We need to realize that the only way we're going to get through it is through the joy of the Lord. And we get that through sound doctrine. We get that through discipline. We get that through rejoicing. I'll close with this. It's a poem by Janice Rogers. It's called Joy Through My Teardrops. Joy through my teardrops and gain through my losses. Beauty for ashes and crowns for my crosses. He binds my wounds and he dries all my tears. Calms every storm and he conquers my fears. He gives me hinds feet to walk on high places. He floods my soul with his heavenly graces. When I am weak, then his strength makes me strong. I know I can trust him. He's never been wrong. Trials may come and temptations assail me. Though I may falter, he never will fail me. So Satan, I bind you in his holy name, for at the cross, Jesus's blood overcame. When the doubt comes, when I'm lonely, when my heart is sad, I'll lift up my eyes to my Savior above, and Jesus will make me glad. When in my heart there is sadness and sorrow, Jesus has promised a brighter tomorrow. Victory is mine. Yes, it's already won. I've only to claim it by faith in God's Son. All of my cares I will cast down before Him. Even in trials, my heart will adore Him. He bears my burdens. He comforts my soul. Oh, why should I worry when He's in control? Lord, in the time of deep grief and emotion, I will yet serve you with constant devotion. You have not failed me one step of the way. That is the reason I'll trust you and say, I will praise you. I will praise you, Jesus Christ, my king, for you will fill my heart with a song in the nights. Yes, you make my heart to sing. Let's all stand with every head bowed, every eye closed. Do you have the joy of the Lord? If you put your trust in Jesus Christ, you do. You've got that joy down deep in your hearts. It's a fruit of the spirits. It's yours. But the key is getting a hold of it, rejoicing. Maybe you don't have that assurance. Maybe you are not 100% sure that you put your trust in Jesus Christ. Maybe you do not know if you're saved. You can find out today. Let me tell you something. If you are not saved, you can't have that true joy. It's only to Christians. It's only to people that put their trust in him. Accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior today. The Bible says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You don't have to come up to an altar. You don't have to talk to anybody. You can call upon the name of the Lord right now as you're standing. Accept him as your Savior. You can say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. But today I'm putting my trust in you as my Savior. Forgive me of my sin and come into my heart this day. It's that simple. You can do that. You can be saved. And you can have that joy of the Lord. You can have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And you can live the righteous life of the Lord. You can follow the plan that God has in store for you. That perfect plan. Come today.